It's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Now being joined by Chris Williams, Channel 10. The man travels all over the place. Uh, Chris, I kind of liked your uh, your the evening before report, and then I kind of matched it up with your buddy Matt Lively over at Channel 6, his postgame report. He was up in the stands. I mean, he just borrowed somebody's box seats or whatever. It was like the <laughs> seat back. I mean, I, I just kind of like seeing how you all do all your different things. Now, let me tell you, let me give you a little, uh, Chris, if you ever want to watch one of these high school games, you know, like if you're out of town, like you have to travel out of town like you did last weekend, let me put you on to something. This, I, I get on this NFHS, and I've subscribed to it, and I'm sure Darby and the crew there would be fine with you getting that subscription, okay? Apparently they have all the money in the world over there at Channel 10 because they're doing all these pregame shows and doing all kinds of partnerships over there. Check that out, by the way. And then what they'll do sometimes, they'll come in there and they'll match up the radio with the Internet deal. And so, like, as I'm speaking to you, I'm watching one of the high school games um, from over the weekend, and I'm sure you've discovered that, that NFHS. But I, I love the fact that used to be prohibited. They used to not let you do, like, on-demand TV games. You know, high school it had to be like an ESPN or something special. And now all these high schools can do their games online, you know, or, or streaming. So I've really been enjoying that, and I can look back and see how all the high school all the high schools do. Chris, I bet when you go on one of these trips, even though you're loving it and loving being there in Ames, Iowa, I bet there's part of you that, that really misses your Friday night action, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I didn't realize how much I'd feel left out when just seeing Darby doing the show solo and, and all the highlights rolling in and feeling like, you know, you're we're right in the middle of it every week, hitting a few games, and you get to be right there on the sideline, and we interview coaches on the show. So, yeah, being away, I was, you know, I felt like an outsider, like I wasn't a part of it anymore. So I, I definitely missed it last Friday. Well, you're always a part of it. You know, Darby uh, says nice things about you even when you're not around, and she's very, very complimentary of you, and so she was able to to handle everything. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's always uh, fun to watch. Now, t- tell me a little bit. Uh, I want to hear about the trip to Ames. Uh, you were uh, – and, and what was that I saw where there was a – was there a Chris Williams who – there was some kind of sign that you were involved with. I I, I got to make sure I keep everything straight because I kind of monitor you and Matt Lively, both of y'all, and you're always getting into some different, some interesting things. Was there somebody that, like, there was some sign that involved bourbon, and then there was some guy, and his name was Chris Williams. It was not you, but it was some kind of Iowa State fan, and then suddenly you and the Iowa State fan were together the next day. What was that all about? You were kind of out there mixing with the tailgaters. Yeah, so he, uh, so he, it's another Chris Williams, which is, you know, such a unique name. I'm surprised I found another one. But he, uh, <laughs> he writes the Cyclone Fanatic. It's actually his website. And, uh, and so he saw my Baylor report the night before on Twitter and kind of shared it with his followers like I was his alter ego, which I've had some uh, – you know, some of the Big 12 events, like the Big 12 basketball tournament in Kansas City, there was a mix-up with my credential. I got it, and it said Cyclone. I was like, that's weird. And uh, and so it was hit with him, and a bunch of the fans were, like, posting that Spider-Man meme of, like, the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. So he said, uh, come by the tailgate and get some bourbon. I didn't 
end up getting any bourbon because I had to be on TV, but I thought it'd be fun to stop by. I actually interviewed him on our morning show. So the little lower third had Chris Williams and Chris Williams, and he gave some good insight for, uh, for what to expect for the game. It was, it was fun. I was not expecting any of that to happen. Yeah, and in that atmosphere, as you were representing, they, they apparently do a really nice tailgate. You had some good shots of that, uh, and, and uh, they get out there and get with it. And in fact, I would say that's a little more of a traditional tailgate than what you saw at BYU, where there's not as much alcohol involved. <laughs> I would say even that this was a morning game, there probably was – uh, more spirits involved. Let's say that. Not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about spirits getting involved. Now, uh, Chris, as the uh, you know things get started, uh, I, I got to say, as a law, as a Baylor alum and a longtime fan and everything, it worried me the way that half ended. You know, Iowa State Baylor played really well, and then Iowa State, just like BYU did, goes down and scores, and then they're going to get the ball at, at half. And, and, boy, I don't think Aranda was very pleased at how that uh, half ended. Chris, it really seemed like what the defense did at the start of that second half was just enormous in terms of setting the tone for the rest of that game, the, the big play on, on, uh, on the ball, you know, getting popped out of there and then getting the interception. Yeah, it, it seems like that is, you know, everyone talks about Dave Aranda being a football genius, and it almost seems like, his halftime adjustments and what this team does in the locker room at halftime is one of the most special things about the program. You talk about BYU, they, B, Baylor got the ball, came out, drove down, and scored on that first drive. Then Iowa State, Baylor comes out of the halftime and, and gets the interception like you mentioned. So I just I don't know what he does in that locker room. Maybe it's because he has such a calming presence. Maybe it's just a strategic thing but yeah they they come out and they don't seem bothered by the touchdown they just gave up you know kind of the same story and unflapped by it and I think that that's a special thing if you can have a team that you know isn't affected by what just happened in fact coach Aranda was talking about this morning um, how the previous drive does not affect you know he talks about his random events how the previous drive whether it went well or didn't go well does not affect your success on the current drive and I think that Somehow they've found a way to put that into practice where you give up that touchdown and, you know, all of a sudden it's only a three-point game and it was kind of a bad touchdown to give up. But you come out and you play as if you, you have the lead and ended up being big for it. That was a big third quarter for them. Chris Williams from Channel uh, 10 joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, was in Ames and witnessed that big win by the Bears as they hang on 31-24. Uh, Chris, I like that how Presley, you know, we've been kind of wondering, okay, who's going to be, uh, obviously, you know, Gavin Holmes, solid uh, glue-type guy, but you wanted to see, okay, who's going to be the playmaker of this group? Baldwin back uh, from having the head injury, that was good to see. But I thought that was a big moment early in the game, and, and it's nice to be able to throw a ball up and I'm not, I don't even know, you know, when you have a quarterback that can say, okay, I've got confidence in my wide receiver. They had it with Tyquan Thornton, used to have it with Denzel Mims. And for Hal Presley to go make that kind of high point play, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a meaningful moment, not only in that moment, but, but maybe uh, I, I think a harbinger of good things to come. 
Yeah, I mean, plays like that open up your entire playbook. You mentioned the confidence for Shapin, but there's confidence for Coach Grimes as well, where he feels like our guys don't have to be wide open for us to throw the ball and to be able to make a play. And that's a perfect example. I mean, how many – those back shoulder type throws and jump balls can be so hard to defend for these uh, cornerbacks. So if you're able to throw a man open like that or, or just put it up there and trust that 50-50 ball, he's going to come down with it, then you're going to be able to call more of those plays. And Chapin's going to be looking downfield more. And, you know, I think sometimes we've seen him just eat the ball and take a sack a lot against BYU in the sense that he didn't have a man wide open. So, yeah, it, it's just so nice for the confidence top to bottom to be able to see guys go up, get the ball, and say, hey, our passing game doesn't have to be a fully scheme passing game where everything's set up to be wide open. We can also make those plays and, and that'll definitely be important on third and medium to third and long situations in big games like the one that's coming Saturday. All right, Chris Williams, uh, former college uh, defensive back. Chris, walk us through a, a couple of the rough moments uh, early on were giving up those, uh, uh, you know, those pass plays and, McCarty seemed on one of those just to kind of get beat right off the line of scrimmage. Uh, there was another one. I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of Milton. Anyway, I, I hate to single out everybody, but uh, this is college football. You can do that. Um, it, it, some of those that they are giving up, and, and, and it even looked like on one of those, I think you know the one I'm talking about, where the defensive back was sort of playing inside leverage almost as if to think, Maybe he had help over the top. On those, uh, on those uh, touchdowns they did give up, what were you able, and maybe looking back at those and even in the moment, what were you able to kind of uh, see on those? Well, I, I mean, you got to start. Deckers is a great quarterback for Iowa State. I mean, two interceptions, but one of them was the bobbled around like we talked about. The other was on a fourth down where you're forced to be a little more aggressive. So I think for one, you got to give some credit there is that you're going to get beat when you play a quarterback like Deckers. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, the wide receiver number eight for Iowa State, that's an NFL-type talent at wide receiver. You know, you're going to get beat by him sometimes too. But, yeah, I think that that just comes with being aggressive, and I think these defensive backs are a little bit young, and they learn. Um, I don't think it was concerning what we saw uh, with the with the getting beat and, and not having the help over top. I just – I guess the thing is – Matt is that you're just you're going to get beat as a defensive back and the best defensive backs are usually the guys with the big egos because when you get beat you don't get down you still feel like you're the best player on the field and so I think a young group of defensive backs they're going to get beat but then they responded well they didn't get you know in their own heads about it and they continue to to play hard and and lock down quite a bit down the stretch so I don't think it's overly concerning um you know I, I think there's definitely even against U Albany, they beat him down the sideline for a touchdown uh, early, or what was that, before the half? Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't think it's overly concerning that they got beat like that. I think it's just that's an area where they're going to need to continue to learn and step up, and, and I think they're on the right path. All right, uh, Chris Williams uh, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, Channel 10's own. Chris, did you get out and, and check out some of the fair? It seemed like I saw one picture of like a giant gnome. Uh, I know you like to kind of get out there and, and, you know, when you're on the road and, and try to kind of sample what, what that life is like out there in, uh, in Ames, Iowa. What were you able to uh, see? And can you, 
Can you give us any background on why they had like a 150-foot or maybe it was a 50-foot gnome uh, out there in, uh, in Ames? I, uh, I couldn't tell you why they have it. We, you know, we did something, Roy Nogletree and I were out there together. He was my field producer. and We did something like 12 on-camera hits. So we're just trying to mix it up, see what's going on. And that gnome is in a garden that like shares a parking lot with the stadium. And actually closed at six. We had to like talk him into letting us in there and promise that we wouldn't say anything mean about the gnome named Elwood, thirty five hundred pounds. Um, but they let us in there and they talked about him like he was a living thing too. They were like, "Oh, he's like over here and he does this." And we're in there kind of looking at each other like, "Do they know that it's just a gnome?" Um, but the weirdest part, Matt, is that the little sign says like "world's largest gnome" and it has like concrete written in there in parentheses. But then you touch it, and it's not even made of concrete. So I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the story behind it. But I thought, you know, that'd be kind of a fun place to go live in front of, and and just kind of show the, I guess, the culture of Ames, Iowa. Yeah, I mean, twelve live hits—that's a lot. I guess if they're going to pay for you to go out there, Chris, they um, they want you to really get to work out there. <laughs> twelve on camera hits sounds a little much to me. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's good. And then, yeah, I saw the, the gnome. So you're saying the gnome itself is over there pretty close to Jack Trice stadium. Yeah. It's like the, the Reimer or Reimer garden or something. And it's a whole, you can walk through, it's, it's actually beautiful in there. There's ponds and stuff. And then all of a sudden you turn the corner and there's just this giant gnome just standing there looking down at you. So I'm not, I'm not talking down on Elwood though. I liked him. He was, uh, I liked him. He was a good spot to do our live hit. I like I liked that they were a little worried and, and to ask you, and first of all, don't ever let them censor you, all right? And don't make promises. I like <laughs> that they were saying, please don't say anything rude about the gnome. <laughs> they care about him. They care about him. Yeah, yeah. Now, you've been a, you're a man who likes to take his uh, golf clubs. Uh, most places across the country. I guess you just did not leave yourself enough time. Did you see any courses right there around um, around the campus, or or I guess you that that probably wasn't able, you weren't able to work any in on this trip. I did not bring the clubs, and then we get there Saturday morning, and we go to like the tailgate spot, and there is just a beautiful course right across mm. from Jack Trice Stadium, next to where mm. all the RVs are for tailgating. Grass is as green as can be because they actually get rain up there in Iowa. It was only like it was like 65 degrees, so I wouldn't have been. It would have been the perfect golf conditions, Matt. And I didn't bring my clubs, so I don't know. We got we got Morgantown coming up in a few weeks here. I think I might just throw them throw them in the trunk and and see if, if we find a course there. I'll make sure I can find at least time to play nine. Yeah, because Morgantown's such an easy place to get into. You know, you just don't... yeah. <laughs> you got to go either to Pittsburgh or fly in. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can do that. But yeah, not of of all the trips you'll take, that will be the one that's uh the uh, uh I'm I'll tell you what, tell Darby you want to stay at Mo, say Mosley told you to you want to stay at the Greenbrier during that trip, okay? That's the that's the exclusive <laughs> resort uh they're in west virginia sulfur springs uh west virginia white sulfur springs so mention that to her chris i appreciate it and thank you for being our eye in the sky uh appreciate that from the uh, in the field report and uh i look forward to getting to see you in person 
Saturday as the Bears take on the Pokes, number nine versus number 16. It's a big one. Thanks for having me on. And Matt, last thing, you know, I've been getting out there playing tennis with some of the other sports guys here in town. I'm I'm not quite good enough yet, but once I get to that level, I'm I'm driving up to DFW and we're going to play. I'm ready. I'm ready when you are, uh, Chris. And and uh, your youth worries me a bit that you can get to a lot of balls, but uh, I, I will try to beat you up a little bit with some with some of my my net play. We'll see how it, we'll see how it shakes out. There he goes, folks. Chris Williams from Channel Ten joining us on the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN 